Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti, and we're honored again to be here with Judge Andrew Napolitano. And nobody in America, nobody anywhere, anywhere in America says what Judge Andrew Napolitano says with the authority and the judicial background. And what we're going to be talking about today really has to do a lot with that authority, judicial background, and what we the people are being robbed of. Number one, number one, our First Amendment rights. And the article you have is Twitter and the freedom of speech. And you begin with, quote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the press. How dare you say that? That's disinformation. <laughs> you know, uh, Gerald, good morning. And it's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you know, the First Amendment only restrains the government. Originally, it restrained Congress, but now it restrains all government. And theoretically, it doesn't restrain private entities. So if Twitter wants to ban Donald Trump or Gerald Salenti or Andrew Napolitano because they don't like the content of our speech, as hurtful as it is, they can do it. They own the bulletin board. Unless Twitter is doing the government's bidding. Now, why do I say that? Because investigators for Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee have unearthed emails between Twitter executives and officials of the Department of Homeland Security, in which the Department of Homeland Security wants Twitter to do something about, are you ready for this? Because it's a new word. Dis, miss, malinformation. This is a government word. D-I-S hyphen, M-I-S hyphen, M-A-L hyphen information. What is that? Whatever speech the government hates or fears, it wants to talk Twitter into suppressing. So if Twitter suppresses speech on its own private platforms as an agent of the government, then the First Amendment comes in. Then Twitter is governed by the First Amendment because then Twitter is helping the government do indirectly what it can't do directly. This is called the state uh, uh, the state action doctrine, when a private entity replaces the state and does the state's bidding. And that is apparently what is happening. Now, these investigators on the Senate committee need to get more emails, but the emails that I saw were pretty clear. By the way, Jared, have you seen this in the New York Times? Have you heard it on any of the uh, mainstream no. media? No. Of course not. Now, what did you say? Twitter is what? Um, from the government? Um... Twitter is doing, Twitter is contemplating doing the government's bidding. The, the emails that I saw showed Twitter executives and officials of the Biden Department of Homeland Security talking about getting together at which they will discuss how Twitter can help the government with misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. So if you were to say on Twitter, ah, that's not a vaccine, it's a concoction of chemicals intended to lessen the effect of COVID, but it's not a vaccine. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. The government would consider that dismiss or malinformation, 
and the government would ask Twitter to take you off. When the government does that, then Twitter is doing the government's bidding and they cannot kick you off because of the content of your speech because the government can't punish you for the content of your speech. So Twitter getting in bed with the government will expose the government's anti-free speech attitude. Nothing new about that. And will, by making itself complicit in that, it will lose the ability to kick people off its private bulletin board. Wow. So Twitter is doing the government's bidding. Twitter executives and the DHS are meeting to figure out how Twitter should do the government's bidding. But what you said is true already. Twitter is a couple steps ahead of the government and it's doing the government's bidding already. This is terrible. And and you go on to say here, you know, this is, you get these, these power-hungry freaks and you, you went on, during the Civil War and World War I, President Abraham Lincoln and Woodrow Wilson incarcerated folks for their speech and argued that the First Amendment only restrained Congress, not the president. And again, you say that today, such an argument would be dismissed out of hand in any court. So you go on also to say, but the First Amendment only restrains the government. It does not restrain private persons whom lawyers call non-governmental actors. But now you're saying that because they're in contact with them, the private organizations with the government, and they're working hand in glove, they are in violation of the First Amendment. Absolutely. So we know why the government wants to suppress speech it hates and fears, because the government fears people criticizing it and exposing it. But why would Twitter, why would any big tech want to go along with the government? Ah, because big tech has statutory immunity from being sued. If I go on Twitter and defame somebody, that person can only sue me. They can't sue Twitter. And Twitter wants to keep that statutory immunity. That's why it's doing favors for the government, as, as horrible as these favors are, because it's punishing speech because of its content. You know, and again, it's one big club, as George Collins said, and you ain't in it. You go back to Google and that guy, I forgot his name, uh, who was that running the show, Schmidt or something, I think at the time. They were in bed with uh, Hillary Clinton in the elections in, in, in 2016. Yes. They were doing the whole, he was going to, to d different meetings and things. Yes. You know, so it, they're, they were all connected. You know, you go on also to, to, to note in your article, use Twitter as an example because last week two senators obtained, and what you're saying, revealed emails between officials and going on of the Department of Homeland Security and Twitter executives. Now, you say this is dangerous for personal liberty, frankly, dangerous for Twitter because the rules, rules gov. The courts have ruled that when government actors, like you're saying, here the DHS and a government actor here, Twitter, are so entwined for their mutual benefit, and someone here those who speak whose speech Twitter has suppressed because of its content is harmed thereby, the courts will impose First Amendment restraints. So the point I wanted to make here is the Department of Homeland Security. Who made up this clown group that 
how many billions of dollars does it cost us when that murderous low-life daddy's boy born on third base in Italy, home thought he had a home run, George W. Bush, war on terror, and Congress created the Department of Homeland Security to watch everything you're doing, rob you of your rights, feel you up when you go to the airport, watch you when you go on a train. How many cops does the Department of Homeland Security have? 60,000 federal khaki-clad black-shirted cops. This is something that would make Mussolini happy if he were able to see it. You don't know where they are. You don't know what they do. They don't walk the streets like regular cops that are directing traffic or or, or catching uh, thugs. They're only there when the feds want them. This is extremely dangerous to personal liberty uh, in a free society. The and, Congress and, has but, no authority to set up a federal police force. As far as I'm concerned, they don't even have authority to set up the FBI. There's only two crimes articulated in the Constitution, treason and debasing the money supply. You know how many federal crimes there are that these DHS characters are supposedly pursuing? 5,500 federal crimes. There isn't a human being on the planet that's familiar with all of them. And they're all unconstitutional. But what do they do? They allow the feds to hire 60,000 DHS agents, 8,000 FBI agents, and every department in the executive branch has its own intelligence division and its uh, law enforcement division. Even the post office has its own spies and its own cops. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Everybody listening, what Judge Napolitano is saying, he's giving you the numbers and the facts. And that's why I continue to say what you say with the authority and judicial background no one has. And, and we've, we've lost our rights. Yes, and we the people, have. And the people bow down to this crap. But we're fighting for freedom. And everyone listening, don't forget, July 23rd, right up here in Kingston, New York, on the Four Corners of Freedom, where the seeds of democracy was sown, Judge Napolitano is going to be one of the keynote, the keynote speaker at this event. It begins at two o'clock, July 23rd, and it's free. You're coming, you know, we're going to have music, you know, there's food to buy, vendors, and, 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 and uh, uh, drinks. And we're doing the best we can to fight for freedom because if we unite, we could stop these clowns. We could stop them in their tracks And if we don't, we're dead. And this is very important. Everybody hear this. After, when all else fails, they take you to war. We're on the cusp of World War III right now. Go back to what happened after World War II. Oh, they gave us the CIA. Isn't that great? Oh, then when all the other intelligence, crap, no intelligence. It's an oxymoron. Then you had the war on terror. Well, what did they give us? Homeland security. After this war, we will be robbed more and more of our freedoms. They'll well, come Gerald, up with something else. We, we are closer to war than anybody can imagine. Four days ago, the Ukrainians launched missiles to destroy a Russian military facility 40 miles 
inside of Russia. This is the first known Ukraine government attack on Russians in Russia. Can you imagine if any of those missiles say on them, made in USA? If they do, they might as well say, welcome to World War III. That's how perilously dangerous we are. Rand Paul was so correct when he opposed the aid to the Ukrainians saying, we don't know where it goes. We don't know who gets it. We don't know who steals it. We don't know how they're going to use it. Suppose they aim it at Moscow. Suppose they aim it deeper uh, into Russia. You would expect Russian retaliation. If it happened to us, we would retaliate. And here we are, our weaponry, billions of dollars into the hands of people that will use it recklessly in such a manner as to drag us in. And if we are dragged in because of this crazy NATO organization, which we should never have joined and which we should leave tomorrow, Donald Trump was correct. All of Europe will be dragged in. Of course, we'll be paying the bills and we'll be losing the troops. Oh, it'll be, it'll be, it will be, it won't be, the war will be over here. It'll be an international war. You know, in 2000, I was a keynote speaker at VMI, Virginia Military Institute. And I was brought there to talk about new millennium warfare because I wrote about it in my book, Trends 2000, back in 1990, came out in 1997. Generals are always fighting the last war. Here they bring a guy like me in to tell them what kind of weapons and what it will be. This is back then when the whole internet thing was just beginning. Right. And, and, and so this is going to be a war that it'll, it'll hit all over the world. But no one, again, we talked about this COVID war, Ukraine war, world war. We said this two days before Russia invaded Ukraine. It was the cover of the Trends Journal magazine. It's right there. There we are. Right. Now, on June 14th, World War III has been declared. Pope Francis said regarding the Ukraine war and how countries are getting involved in it. Quote, I am simply against turning a complex situation into a distinction between good guys and bad guys without considering the roots and self-interests, which are very complex. While we witness the fierce ferocity and cruelty of Russian troops, we should not forget the problems and seek to solve them. Pretty interesting. I mean, I, I don't know how many people give credence to the Pope on geopolitical matters, but if you look at it from a moral perspective, which is, I guess, um, his field, it's uh, very interesting. It's not black and white. Of course, if you listen to the American media with its lies fed to it by the American CIA, they think it's all black and white. Putin's a butcher, the Russians are bad, Zelensky's a great guy, the Ukrainians are uh, terrific. The Pope is saying, wait a minute, war is bad. 
It's horrible when innocents suffer. I get that. But it's complicated. you got to look at the underlying uh, reasons. How long has Ukraine and Russia, has Ukraine been a part of Russia, not a part of Russia, a part of Russia, not a part of Russia? 200 years. Yep. And Trends Journal. I wonder, if, I wonder if Joe Biden understands this, well, Gerald. Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden, did he count to 10? Yeah, this is the Trends Journal from spring 2014, writing about how the United States overthrew the democratically elected government of Viktor Yanukovych. Wow. Can I say something about the cover covers of the Trends Journal? Your, yeah. your artist, your graphic artist, is truly one of the more skilled in the United States of America today. You see those covers, they grab you. They make you think before you even start reading the articles. Yeah, yeah Anthony Frieda. And you look at the uh, cover that just came out of the Trends Journal uh, yesterday. Uh, on uh, yeah, yesterday, the fish rots from the head right. down. <laughs> there you go, old Joe. Yep. <laughs> and you know, you you were talking before about you know the weapons that are being shot into Russia, and the weapons come from the United States. It's not, and then, like you said. You know, this isn't a proxy war. If I wanted to kill somebody and you gave me the weapons to do it, you're an accessory to the crime. Well, Scott Ritter, our mutual friend, and who'll be joining uh, you and me and Gary Knoll uh, at the Four Corners of Freedom in Kingston on July, Saturday, July 23rd. Scott told me yesterday uh, on my uh, podcast there are American boots on the ground. Theoretically, they are not fighting at Russia, shooting at Russians. But they're there. U.S. military there. Some in uniform, some out of uniform, but physically there. What happens when the first one of them gets killed? Yep. You know, I want to go back and wrapping up what you said about, you know, um, our freedom of speech being taken away from us. It's global. I know you do, you read the, the uh, Financial Times as well as I do. Yes. And this was from Tuesday's Financial Times. Big tech backs tougher EU code on, you ready? Fake news. Uh, the world's biggest technology companies are all set to sign up to an updated version of the EU's, you ready? Anti-disinformation code. There's that word again, disinformation. Yep with European countries pushing for ways to target more effectively groups that spread propaganda and fake news through online platforms. Oh, groups like Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction and ties to Al-Qaeda. Oh, groups like the toilet paper of record, they call themselves the paper of record, the New York Times, selling the lie that, you know, that Saddam Hussein, he's bringing them the aluminum tubes, you know, to build, a, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that propaganda? Oh, it's only proper when you get it from the government who lies us. Hey, what was your favorite war? I mean, you know, we're both around the same age. I'm a little older. We love the Vietnam War because of oh, that Goffman-Honkin incident that never happened. Aye, aye. Now, how about... Uh, uh, you know, one lie after another. 
Remember, <laughs> remember George Bush Senior's wars uh, in Iraq when when the uh, when the Iraqi soldiers were going into hospitals and bayoneting babies in the uh, in the hospitals. Remember that one? That they made up that lie. Yeah. Oh, what propaganda are you talking about? Remember when George H.W. invaded uh, Panama? That really helped American security. Oh, yeah. He invaded Panama to uh, arrest a general who had been a CIA asset who was about to spill the beans on the CIA. Yep. Now, this is yeah. terrible what's going on. Again, united we stand, divided we die. Because World War III has begun. I guess the Pope, when he said that yesterday, read the Wall Street, read the uh, Trends Journal. <laughs> because that's what we said, you know, and and again, but here's the news that the big breaking news. Kim Kardashian's Met Gala moment was permanently altered. Marilyn Monroe's happy birthday dress says heartbroken collectors. That was the top story. In Yahoo. <laughs> like you give a damn about this crap. You got to have a sense of humor because we have to get through every day. <laughs> yeah. So. Join us on July 23rd. We're, this is the beginning of a movement. We yeah. need a new way because the, it's a crime syndicate that's in charge. Republicans and Democrats, are you going to vote for a lesser of two evils? Or why don't you, why don't, that's like saying, I think I'll go to McDonald's rather than Burger King. Crap is crap. <laughs> so be there on July 23rd. Judge Napolitano. Scott Ritter, Gary Null, myself, and the hot damn band. Woo! Are they hot? And we're going to have a great time. Two o'clock, Four Corners of Freedom, July 23rd in Kingston, New York. We'll see you then. Thank you, Judge. Pleasure, you Gerald. Week. Thank you.